What's up, Pocket Dudes? Welcome to Pokemon Go to the Movies, the Pokemon podcast where we watch all the Pokemon theatrical movies. I'm your host, Dan Video Games, and we've got the full crew. We've got Bob. I'm just going to Pokemon. We've got Chris Wolfhart. I also have trauma. We have Dr. Agro. I'm scared of this tech bro future. We've got Shibigato from Millennium Mike. Space! And we've got a John Carpenter soundtrack every now and again because we're watching Pokemon movie number seven, Destiny Deoxys, or Sky Splitting Visitor Deoxys. Nice. Not bad. Man, that's a much more fitting title. <laughs> I would say he split the sky. Would you say he had Destiny in this? No. What if Deoxys went on some sort of rant about how it was his destiny to resurrect and the, the, the big Getty <laughs> star passed by? No. <laughs> Would that do anything for you? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I think it becoming a Dragon Ball Z movie villain would be pretty great. <laughs> That'd be something. <laughs> this movie, I think, has the longest runtime in any of these movies so far. Probably, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I oh. just stared. I felt no emotion whatsoever and stared. I think it's really fascinating. I think we should have gotten a disaster report based on this movie. Like just a Pokemon <laughs> version of disaster report based on this movie. Because this is a really different film compared to all of them we've watched so far. This is a sort of disaster film as they hide in shelters from the horrible space being running amok, hijacking the city. There's a lot of excitement. There's a munchlax. There's so much to be interested in when it comes to this movie. There's a fourth act of the movie that shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, the important thing is making sure we end at a point where no one's the bad guy, really, except for technology. <laughs> but let's get, let's get into the synopsis real quick. Pokemon intro spiel. You know this by now. They tell you what Pokemon is. They show you Pokemon. They talk about Pokemon, the series, and then Ash as Ash Ketchum from Pokeball. From Pokeball? <laughs> from Pokeball. I'm Ash Ketchum from Pokeball. He's, he's from Pallet Town. I don't know why he's been saying that. <laughs> you okay, Ash? You fell on your head back at that cave. Are you Are you doing all right, buddy? I can feel it happening again. I'm slipping back under. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, a Pokeball is thrown at the screen. It's all CGI and pretty. They show you all the Pokemon. And it is sort of in a cyberspace aesthetic, a green computer look to everything as they explain, you know, Pokemon, you know what Pokemon is. And then we cut to shots of majestic Pokemon running and stampeding that looks like a Guitar Hero crowd because they just had six Pokemon and copy-pasted <laughs> yes. them everywhere. That's God. too many Ninetales. That is an alarming <laughs> number of Ninetales. They're going to overthrow a government. <laughs> that was also a ton of Umbreons, like unnatural <laughs> levels. <laughs> It's a lot of unfriendship. It's like, I got I got an Eevee. Can, can I? No, we're all out. There are too many Umbreons. <laughs> if you if you make any more, it will upset the natural balance. But uh, this this Pokemon spiel, the usual intro bit, uh, it uses shots from the prior movies, which, you know, had it had me feeling some feelings about the prior movies. But all that ends. <laughs> I like seeing the GameCube Suicune again. <laughs> Was yes. great. They hold on Suicune so hard. You want to talk CG Pokemon? Uh huh. Those Rhyhorn. Yes. Oh man, the, there are a number of shots of CG Pokemon that do not match the camera movements at all. That look really rough. 
They're they're trying their best, and I respect that. At the same time, I think on the crowd shots, you could have scaled it back a little bit. <laughs> Maybe we just didn't need some of those shots. I love how Suicune is their held shot for, you know, like, you know, some Pokemon we know, some Pokemon we can only imagine. And like, yeah, let's show a legendary. It's Suicune because we can't show Mewtwo. Nobody remembers him. The unknown left this dimension. Entei wasn't real. (laughs) (laughs) Suicune was just around. Yeah, because Suicune got his own movie. Right, guys? This is a Suicune movie, right? Right? It was a great movie. I loved watching it. You know what? Uh, props to the Citra for not coming up and sucking Entei fans in the fucking gut again by going, who isn't real? I don't know. I feel like giving Suicune five minutes of screen time as you slowly pan up is a little bit insulting. They were really proud of that terrible looking model. It's still in my brain. That is just an intro shot for some GameCube game for Pokemon I just haven't played yet. Probably Coliseum. I don't fucking right? know. I don't know. It looks like it's from the alternate universe where the N64 used a CD drive. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Before we get out of this intro bit and into the plot of this movie, I have a quick fun question. Who has watched John Carpenter's The Thing? (laughs) Nope. Hey, Chris, have you you seen? No. Because fun fact, you just did. So we open with a shot of a meteor flying through space, transition to an Arctic science facility that's definitely going to get wrecked by a creature from outer space. There's Aurora Borealis going on, and the meteor flies into the atmosphere. Rayquaza, who's just chilling out with the Aurora Borealis, is just like... Yeah, check this out. Gets freaked out as the meteor flies right next to him. And he's like, whoa, what's up with that? And he dodges it at the last second. The impact causes a giant plume of Arctic snow to fly up and ice everywhere. And this child who we come to know as Tori in the US dub or Toei in the Japanese dub falls down a cliff into a sort of trench of sorts with a bunch of wall rain in it. And they start stampeding and he just sits there against a block of ice, like zoning out, being PTSD live in front of us as the stampede goes past. And once it starts to calm down, that's when Professor Dad comes down to pick him up and carries him up out of the trench. And that's when Deoxys emerges from the creator. This is literally just the thing. See, that's so weird because while this was happening, I thought this is second impact. All this needs is Ava music. And that's an angel. You know, that is a good point. Hmm. But here's the thing. First time, because I watched this movie in both uh, Japanese version and the US dub for this review. The first time I watched the beginning of this movie, I'm like, nah, I'm bringing in a weird amount of baggage. I'm the one who's making it John Carpenter's the thing. And that's when, you know halfway or three-fourths through the first viewing i notice every time deoxys is on screen they just start doing a john carpenter soundtrack for a movie where it's just because he knows like how to play bass guitar and how to use an electronic synth so his movies just have these really stripped down soundtracks where he's like i got it we don't need to pay a composer I mean, listen, I'm glad they've sort of moved away from crewing from Mononoke for the third time and shifted yeah. into a different genre entirely. Now we're doing kaiju movies. It's, right? It's such an interesting and weird movie to transition to. They're like, what if it was a disaster film that's kaiju and also John Carpenter's The Thing? And I'm just like, 
okay, you're a Pokemon. How are you going to deal with the murder that usually happens in all of those genres you just listed? Unlike those movies, they evacuate the fucking city. <laughs> Pokemon's setup is very good. Unlike any tokusatsu where giant things will fuck up skyscrapers, they've gotten people out. Mm -hmm. So the thing that stood out to me immediately about this movie mm -hmm. was uh, Dioxus lands, mm -hmm. comes out of the crater, and the professor immediately goes, that's a Pokemon from space. I'm like, how do you know it's a Pokemon? Oh, man, you want to get into that? Our kid here is about to have PTSD for Pokemon. I'm like, so you're just scared of anything that's not overtly human. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, there's that angle. <laughs> but it's just this horrible tentacle monster that shapeshifted in front of you came out of a fucking crater from the sky. And you're like, that's Pokemon from space. How what else is he going to think it is? The, the, there are three things on this planet. Humans, plants, some of which are Pokemon, and Pokemon. Yeah, it's literally a thing. It's they, a Pokemon. He should have just pointed at it and been like, that's a space tentacruel. And sometimes there's normal animals, but we don't talk about those times. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> like if someone had shouted, look up in the sky, a bird, a plane, half of those things don't fucking exist. <laughs> <laughs> so as Deoxys emerges from the crater, it picks up a green jewel that's embedded in a rock. This is apparently what it came here for. And it creates its own magenta Aurora Borealis into the sky. It's very fancy. Rayquaza, as this movie has finally corrected me to saying, which I hate because I feel like Rayquaza is a very Latin inspired sort of name. So Quaza feels awful. It feels like somebody saying quesadilla. I just hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. <laughs> so thanks for that. It's pronounced by Napoleon Dynamite rules. <laughs> <laughs> like it's apparently supposed to be based on Quasar. That's what I really? would get from that pronunciation. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Okay. So there's at least a reason for it. Okay, my brain always, because of the interesting design of Rayquaza and, like, some of the paintings and things you come across in the games or whatever, I always thought it was like a Quetzalcoatl thing, right? I always just mm. thought it would be Rayquaza. So anyway, Rayquaza has had enough of this. It just attacks, uh, starts fighting the Deoxys. He blows off half a Deoxys. And the Deoxys just goes, what's up? I'm good, and regenerates. And I'm like, oh, man, this is, <laughs> we're just done, right? This is an alien monster from outer space that cannot die. <laughs> yeah, literally Sal came in. Right? <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that Rayquaza was like, let's stress test that. <laughs> he, he had murder on the mind. We're going to check for corner cases. <laughs> There's no such thing as a free lunch, and that applies to regeneration, too. <laughs> you know, the funny thing with this Dragon Ball-ass fight with Rayquaza's beams hitting this guy square in the chest. Mm-hmm. Professor Lund is Sean Schemmel in this dub. Oh, yeah. I spent the I spent the entire movie doing the same thing I did for Munchlax, which before we recorded, I mentioned Munchlax. My brain goes, that's fourth gen. No, you're doing that thing where you're over crediting fourth gen again. I did that with Sean Schemmel where I'm like, that's Goku. <laughs> Dan, shut up. That is not. He's a different Pokemon movie character. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm in the middle of GX where he he is. The, he's, he's one of the main characters in that fucking show and I'm like no Sean Chumbo wouldn't do a four kids production <laughs> meanwhile he's in both of these around the same time and I'm dying yeah in my brain my go to Sean Chumbo th this person is definitely Sean Chumbo voices are he's just Goku or he's Gonard 
or he's Goku Rose. <laughs> well, I've got good news for you, Dan. He's also Lucario, so get ready for that. <laughs> yeah, that will be when he's just, uh, which I haven't seen that movie yet. I assume that's when he becomes just, I'm doing a Goku voice. I sure hope. <laughs> I don't remember enough to know yet, so we'll see. <laughs> like that Lego Legends Journey to the West thing where he plays uh, Sun Wukong and just does the Goku voice. Oh my god. <laughs> it's Lucario constantly <laughs> singing Dragon Soul, but it's horribly auto-tuned. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> uh, uh. It's got the reverb because he's telepathically doing it. <laughs> uh, and getting the worst scores for a movie across the board. <laughs> the Lucario film. Anyway, Deoxys is just dodging all these shots and Rayquaza is just blowing up the research station. So this is kind of funny because you expect the alien from outer space to be the reason these are all blowing up. But technically he's not. It's really just this really pissed off sky lizard we already had. He's a different Pokemon from space, so... I'm gonna be real. I would unironically sleep much more peacefully at night if I knew a giant fucking dragon was protecting us from aliens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That thing has one job. Well, two jobs. Raditz lands. Uh, Rayquaza comes up and eats him. <laughs> <laughs> Rats wouldn't even get to land. He's just like, what's that fucking light? <laughs> looking, out of, looking out of the window of his pod just gets fucking obliterated. Here's the problem. That pod, if that pod makes it to the ground, the entire city is going down with Raditz. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> Rayquaza does not discern between friend and foe. If there is foreign shit, he will eliminate Well, it. hopefully the city's evacuated because it's Sunday and everyone's in church. <laughs> Uh, as as Rayquaza is a really good guy and blowing up all of this research station, he gets knocked down into the rubble and Deoxys loses sight of him. Apparently, some electrical equipment nearby is messing up with Deoxys's vision, which is, an, I don't know what you would call it, the Winamp visualizer version of Predator vision. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> it's, it's a plug in that comes with Vegas. <laughs> Mm, very fancy. But he can't see him at all. And Rayquaza just takes a moment to like look at him and be like, okay, then I'll attack. <laughs> and attacks him back. Deoxys is doing this cool thing. For some reason, I didn't expect them to do this in this movie. Maybe this is because my standards are coming in so low here. But Deoxys keeps changing forms throughout every battle in the film. And that rules. So good. It is so good. His forms are like the coolest thing. So when he goes to defend, he goes into the defense form. And I'm like, oh, that rules. Yes. I don't like the form that has giant human hands. That's just normal Coward. form. I don't know what to tell you here, Bob. Yeah. That is his default state. It's rough. It's, it's important horrifying. that he has fingers to play bass guitar. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Rayquaza uh, continues to blow everything up while trying to hit Deoxys. He's dodging it all. Nothing happens. Deoxys counters and knocks Rayquaza deep into the Arctic lake. And it's just like, oh, good. He, he dealt with him. <laughs> There's a really good moment, though. Deoxys is just like, well, clearly I won. Let me just go take a look at the water. And as he gets really <laughs> close to the water, Rayquaza jumps out and eviscerates him. So now God, nothing yes. is left but this blue jewel. That shot, that is straight up from Goku versus Frieza on that. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. So, yeah, he just blows away Deoxys. All that's left is the blue jewel that just flies off and lands in the lake. Rayquaza is so overjoyed by all this, and it's just smugly dancing around in the sky, basically, <laughs> as the entire research station's on fire and destroyed. And they're just watching the <laughs> smug lizard 
Great Quaze is like, I did a good job. I'm going to get myself a chip witch as a reward. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Godzilla. <laughs> Roll credits. The, the researchers are like, I think there's a little Roy Quaze in, in all, all of us. us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that this movie insists on giving the kid like this really traumatic experience that is Pokemon related in the Arctic and chooses not to make it the fight that blows up the research station they're staying in. Uh-huh. Bold fucking choice. Uh, that That's cool. Those are kaiju. So, some part of this <laughs> child's brain switched into I'm watching TV mode. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very strange. Uh, wall range is very scary. Very scary as they stampede. Well, yes, feels a little guy and then he evolves into that. Yeah, yeah I know, right? <laughs> It's good feel representation in this movie, by the way. But yeah, Rayquaza, as I said, flies off overjoyed. He's going to treat himself. We cut to the next day and the scientists are flying off with Tori. Uh, this is, of course, Professor Dad, who we have not learned the name of yet, but it is Lund in the U.S. dub in Japan. It's Rondo, apparently. And they're flying off with Tori and the Green Jewel. Four years later. Tori didn't grow much in four years is what I'm learning. No. Professor Dad and his assistant are experimenting on the jewel. They say if they laser it at the right wavelength, it will resurrect Deoxys. An alarm goes off. The professor says if they replace the regulator in the device, this time it will work. <laughs> I still expect this scene to zoom out and have Team Magma there laughing at them. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just cackling and you hear one of them go, look at his small penis. <laughs> How about you scientist motherfuckers leave well enough alone? <laughs> right? Like, as they're flying away with the thing, I'm like, they're like, ha-ha, Rayquaza can't stop us from using this random-ass crystal and reviving Groudon. <laughs> Did we learn nothing from Jurassic Park? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I mean, at least Jurassic Park had the decency to do it on an island, not in the middle of a populated city! Well, it's a peninsula. This is a city on island. Yeah, that's close enough, right? It's just a future city. Speaking of which, yeah, we cut to the outside of this facility, and it's like some future city that all this is set into. Tori is... How do I even explain this? Tori is outside just talking to a green glowing thing, and he's like, hey, buddy, what's up? You're my friendo. And presumably that's the jewel, because inside the assistant notices that the green jewel is glowing. Deoxys senses this. It explodes out of the water elsewhere. We now cut to intro sort of shots as Ash and crew are on a train. They're on their way to La Russe City to go to the battle tower. Team Rocket's taking a Magikarp sub into the island. They crash into the first rock they could find and <laughs> barely escape drowning. <laughs> like the, the looks on their faces. <laughs> they are being rejected by the dream again. <laughs> Oh, they witnessed death. <laughs> uh, we cut from that event to a park where there's a trash can that can tell what type of trash is being put near it. It activates for mining coming near it, which is a more devastating takedown of mining that I could ever say. <laughs> yes. uh, I was like, this is cruel movie. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. What is, what is up with this city's aggressive anti-homeless technology? <laughs> this is some kind of weird tech bro jack off utopia. It's oh. horrifying. Yeah. 
Like, we didn't see the part where it has to scan your ID before it retracts the spikes on the fucking bench. No! <laughs> That's oh. happening just barely off camera. Yeah. Uh, uh, this movie just because we, you know, we played it recently. All I could think of is this is Atomic Heart. <laughs> see, it reminded me of, of Tomorrowland, a movie nobody should ever watch. And I shouldn't have watched, but I did. See, my only reference for Tomorrowland is I was working in a pharmacy at the time that came out, and the pharmacist spent most of that work shift talking about how much they did not enjoy that film. <laughs> <laughs> my God, that's, that's crazy. How, how do you have this much to say about a movie you didn't like? He says, doing spoiler casts right. of Netflix shows. <laughs> So as I said, trash kids like, come on in, mine in. And then it just pops up with a label that totally says burnable refuse. Uh, <laughs> Plusle and mine however, like, oh, no. And they knock over the trash can and run away. A bottle pops out of it because that munchlax comes over, pushes up the trash can to rectify it, which is very polite. I, I you know, if you asked me, hey, do you think a munchlax would correct a trash can and make it stand up? I would say, no, that seems really out of character for munchlax to do. I assumed he was way more lazy, casual, just doing his own thing sort of guy. Not like, this public infrastructure has been ruined. I will rectify it. So he sets it up. He backs off. And as he's holding this bottle, he thinks, I'm going to kick the bottle into the trash can. This is going to be so cool. He fails and is sad. This seems like a short they wanted to make just inserted into the middle of this film. It does. <laughs> yeah. But since this film is showcasing the absolute wonder that is Munchlax... It makes sense. In this tech bro nightmare city. Uh, you know, that's kind of subdued. There's not enough criticism brought against the tech bro city. It's a little weird. Everyone's like, this is great. We have security cubes. Speaking of which, welcome cubes show up. These cube bots are just floating up. And it's like you would describe it as imagine a cube that has green lines on it that can form like a TV on any of the cubes. And they just assemble into whatever robot they need to be with you know, one of them having a face or whatever. And they show up. Everyone's impressed, but Brock, who thinks women are cooler. <laughs> <laughs> and then it takes photos of everyone. Apparently their data is being spooled off to some supercomputer and they get passports made. I really love the reaction May has to her passport photo because it looks terrible and she is very upset. They didn't show this part, but it like had to go through three more approvals to approve Brock. <laughs> oh no oh god i mean they they weren't on the fly doing background chest it was kind of messed up right like bill's pc is not a secure network how did they know ash was from pallet down maybe they can access the pokedex that's that's the best i got <laughs> maybe when they bought tickets to the train to get here they no no they didn't take a train bob they took a fucking monorail that's this true is a tech bro nightmare <laughs> <laughs> That's how you Welcome know. Welcome to Poke Epcot. <laughs> Monorail. 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 This amazing future society has treadmills that go everywhere. Ash says, hey, you know what? I think the Jetsons is public domain. So he starts doing a bit from the Jetsons where he can't run fast <laughs> enough to go faster than the treadmill going the other direction. A bunch of kids ride past him on the correct side of the treadmill road and are like, ha ha, you suck. It's uh, fair, honestly. 
<laughs> look, look, it's not Ash's fault. He has trauma from the shit in the games. Imagine if you walked into a city and to get around, you had to navigate a teleporter maze. <laughs> I'm so excited. I will be so much more optimal than everyone else. Like these, these sidewalks, I don't, I don't know if this is a more common thing in sci-fi than I think it is, or if this is directly a reference to For Us the Living, or if that's just damage from the way I was raised. <laughs> One of those kids summons Blaziken, and he's like, hey, go help that kid. So it picks up Ash and gets him on the conveyor belt that's going in the right direction. In the U.S. dub, the guy who summons Blaziken's name is Rafe. In Japan, it's Ryu. There's a purple hair girl, too, that gets introduced, and Brock is interested. Her name's Rebecca, or in Japan, Hitomi. Doesn't matter. It's Lisa Ortiz. <laughs> yeah. Her name's Lisa Ortiz. She's got Discord open on the laptop. She's she's trying to see when they're doing game night this week. Oh, I love, I love her laptop. It has, like, a tube to house a lens apparatus and a camera sensor. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. I guess just like broadcast quality cameras built in as a feature of laptops in the Pokemon universe. Yeah, I think it's quite funny that this is the second time we've had the because we're going to get to it later. This is the second time we've had the somebody is filming a thing with their laptop scene. And it's like, but at least this one isn't a play school laptop. This one's a real mm -hmm. laptop for real adults. Yeah. It looks like it could go underwater for some reason. It feels like it's built with that in mind. Yeah, yeah. it's like one of those military-grade, ruggedized laptops. Absolutely. I mean, it's in Tech Pro Nightmare City. Maybe it can. Who knows? It only cost me $9,000. It's incredibly modular. <laughs> oh, wow. How do you upgrade it? I can't. They only made this one. <laughs> Then we get introduced to the Sid guy. Bob is correct. When watching it, he pointed out he has a little bit of energy shared with the dancing kid from X and Y. And I'm like, yeah, he's kind of that blockier build. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did think that multiple times. I'm pretty sure this is the guy from movie one. This is not the guy from movie one, I don't think. I mean, he's got a blast toys. He might be the guy from movie one's son. He was like, did he de-age? Because the guy from movie one was like, he's older. older. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, the guy from movie one just seemed like that kid in your middle school who had a pituitary issue. <laughs> yes, but he, he's also the guy who grew out of high school and realized those are the best years of his life. And to recapture that, decided to battle a 10-year-old, lost hard, and then had his midlife crisis like 20 years too early. Also, Sid's interested in May. Um... We cut to the battle tower. People in this battle tower are using their passports to buy treats and other stuff, as we referenced earlier. Ash is running around trying to find out where he signs up for the battle. And because Tori, unfortunately, is leaving the library at this exact moment, Ash just runs up on him and says, hey, I want to battle. I want to battle. I need to find a way to battle. I need to battle. And Tori's like, please leave me alone. I'm an introvert. And just <laughs> runs away. <laughs> Ash doesn't respect his personal space in the least. <laughs> Tori dives into an elevator and hits the button and Ash like squeezes through at the last second corner. So he's just like, hey, I'm sorry, but I need to battle. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a social interaction went in a way Ash didn't expect, which is completely unacceptable to him. Yes. Yeah. So he ran down a scared child. <laughs> yes. He's like, no, you don't understand. Let me explain. Somehow in the Japanese version, this felt even more unhinged. Oh, yeah, because in the Japanese version, he's just like, let's battle. Battle time. We're going to battle. 
like the phrasing seems so much vaguer mm-hmm. as to not be like i'm here to battle in the battle tower but more of like i'm gonna beat you up kid <laughs> so he's turned into a gen one npc where he made eye contact and the kid was doomed yes which says in this movie our audience surrogate is tori <laughs> I, too, have PTSD from Pokemon movies, but that's mostly about how they're all Mononoke. <laughs> Luckily, this one isn't, so I, this is my safe space. <laughs> the elevator opens. Tori finally escapes, but unfortunately, some deranged employee grabs them and puts them on the conveyor belt. Just like, yeah, your battles now. Here you go. Have fun. And they get carried away and taken up an elevator. There's a cool elevator shot taking them into the battle. Rebecca arrives and goes, but that was my slot. There's literally no like checking who's on what list yeah, on the branches right the <laughs> tournament bracket yeah this is the most poorly organized thing ever they have a passport <laughs> system that they use for literally concessions and they don't use it for entrance to their fucking battle tower yeah, well, yeah it's how he registers once he's there look Nobody can admit there's a flaw with the system, all right? That would be sacrilege unto the almighty process. (laughs) We changed the name of this company to Passport. There's nothing wrong with the Passport. Passport is the future. They arrive on the stage. There's a tag battle. The guy who's, you know, announcing the whole thing sort of explains tag battles. And it turns out their opponents are going to be Rafe and Sid. In the crowd, their friends are watching. Rebecca explains to the rest of the crew that Ash stole her spot and she's upset. Brock tries his luck and strikes out because that's what he does. We're introduced to Professor Dad's name, which is Lund. It is Professor Lund. Very good name. As the announcer finishes explaining tag battles, Tori goes, I don't have any Pokemon in Ash. It's like, what? Okay, use one of mine. And seemingly picks at random because... Right? Their team up is now Pikachu and Torkoal. Yeah, that's not <laughs> like, oh, uh, we're facing a fire type and a water type. I've already got an electric type. What should I throw out? <laughs> Maybe this is the only other Pokemon he had in the anime at this point. <laughs> I don't think so, bud. I I know he has Grovile at this point, which is not great, but you know. Anything else would be better. Yeah, it would type match anything, I guess. Yeah, I think they actually see more of his Pokemon later in this film. Like when he- Yes, we have the sequence. <laughs> yes, that sequence is something. <laughs> then we have a quick battle. I'm just going to summarize it quickly. Pikachu dodges, plays a can hit, but gets hit by Blastoise. That's embarrassing. Torkoal gets slammed by Bubble Beam and just sits there and keeps taking it. And Ash is like, Tori, tell him to move or something. <laughs> You should know how to do this. You just told me you didn't. (laughs) She's gaslighting this child so well. He's like, wow, I had no idea he had PTSD. And it's like, well, if he didn't before, he does now. Thanks to you, Ash. Right? Blastoise uses rapid spin and gets a little too close to Tori, who's suffering from the Walrein PTSD. Pikachu gets skull bashed by Blastoise. That's so embarrassing. You have a type advantage, Pikachu, please. <laughs> <laughs> then Tori finally tells Torkoal to do a thing, and Pika- it, it unfortunately lights up Pikachu. Pikachu's like, ah, this is terrible, and Torkoal feels sad over the fact it's done this and shoots smoke everywhere crying, and then Pikachu chokes on that, too. The enemy dudes do one more move and win. We then move on to... Tori to Ash leaving the arena and Professor Dad says he's very proud of Tori but Tori says you shouldn't be because I was entered on accident and then he runs off and Ash is just like what 
And then Professor Dad's like, but the passport system is <laughs> The important thing we all need to recognize is that the passport system worked effectively. The U.S. economy is in shambles because the passport system's just that good. <laughs> we cut to a little luncheon. They're just getting drinks at this nice little table where the crew, the main crew, not all these extended characters, is hanging out with Yuko, which is the name of the assistant. And they're talking to her, and she's explaining she's the professor's assistant. And Brock says, and not not Tori's mom, and not Tori's mom. A thing that I was not entirely one hundred percent clear on the, my first mm-hmm. viewing. Yeah, I assumed that too. I was like, it's their parents, and then I had to rewrite these notes anyway because I do the le- the leaner, flowing, slightly better version, and it's just like that's not his mom at all. <laughs> but yeah, Brock says Yuko reminds him of working under Professor Ivy. And I'm like, mm, mm, I don't, Brock, please. Ash hears about- <laughs> I got dumped, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> is this is Max in there again in this scene? I know he was the first time. He's around. With Ortiz. He's just, I didn't, did they establish Max as the world's biggest cock block between movies during the series? I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's been consistent that his role is to step up where Misty had to leave. To mm. ensure that Brock is never allowed to harass a woman without consequences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention in the stadium as uh, Brock is trying to hit on Rebecca, Max just grabs his ear and yanks it. It's a uh, yeah. No, this is apparently his job in life or at very least this movie. I will see how that pans out going forward. <laughs> Ash is hearing about how the terrifying stampede left Tori incapable of forming a bond with Pokemon. Elsewhere, Tori is being sad, but then a trash can. <laughs> then a trash can is getting its revenge and it's eating Maiden. Finally! I can't believe this movie has a trash can wants to eat Maiden arc! Uh, Tori stares at it and is just like, oh, oh my god, and plus is like, please help. We cut back to Ash feeling even worse about pushing Tori too hard, and I'm like, I know you're apologizing, but I don't think you understand what you did that was wrong. I think you just understand you did something that was wrong. But then he decides he and Pikachu can become friends with Tori and break the PTSD spell and make everything better. It's like every dumb child's interpretation of exposure therapy, where it's like, no, if you're scared of worms, we're just going to throw you into the worm pit. Yeah. You'll either die or get better. (laughs) Yeah. That's how you learn worm fist. (laughs) In fairness, at least this is two kids doing it this way. Uh Uh-huh. At least it's not an actual adult, like, professional being like, all right, now, interact with all of these Pokemon that are taller than you, and we'll see how it goes, Yeah, at least it's not Professor Dad. (laughs) Yeah. That would be terrible. Well, I gave him four years. Throw him in the worm pit. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, worms are Pokemon because anything that's not a person or a completely non-sentient plant is a Pokemon. Plusle and my... Oh, right. Tori eventually helps Minin get out of the trash can by shoving a stick in and wrenching it open. Minin, overjoyed by this, rejoins with Plusle. They touch tails. There's a little zappy do. And he's so excited. He's like, hey, bud, let me give you a big hug. And Tori, like, does a Dark Souls dodge almost out of the way (laughs) and then just runs off. He he backdashes out of there and then jumps off stage. (laughs) (laughs) Munchlax appears. He rectifies the trash can again and he tries to kick the bottle in. And this time he succeeds. 
but this is an important note. This and the last time prove these trash cans are actually geared for high speed projectile trash for some reason. Like they can sense when a bottle's flying at them and open in time. Well, you say bottle, they can sense when an object is near them. Oh, that's true. I, you know, don't want to write Minen out of this movie. (laughs) Minen was using Volt Tackle, the proximity, and the trash can literally dived in the way to eat it. (laughs) I love it. Like the scan, it looks like they want to register what kind of object is going in. Yes. For whatever bullshit web 3.0 reason right exactly because it can't be sorting it or doing anything with that information (laughs) but they don't care what's coming in as long as it's registered (laughs) they're they're tracking the data of the people who toss the trash even the pokemon i'm sure munchlax could have a passport if he could fucking say the words please give passport (laughs) like is, is there a use case for this is there like hey i've got a car battery and they'll like schedule an immediate pickup or can you like surrender a child to one of these trash cans it does Vinan have a chip in him that lets his trash can know that he's trash? You, oh my god, do you think someone chipped Minan to be like, you're burnable trash, every trash can will consider you trash? <laughs> that would be insane, Bob. <laughs> I, I assume that whichever overworked employee coded these cans... It's just like, if it's not a human being, it's garbage. (laughs) This is the equivalent of the Famicom programmers for random Famicom games that build an insanely long, arduous way to input a code to see their incredibly personal bear rants about their coworkers and stuff at the end. This is this person's version of that. They're just like, I hate Minin. Minin only (laughs) is trash. Worst part is I think everyone knows he did that by now and hasn't changed it or done anything about it. They're just like, whatever, if mining gets eaten by a trash can, then eh. He's their best programmer. They literally cannot afford to fire this man. Otherwise, the entire city's infrastructure would collapse. The guy in charge fired everyone else. (laughs) Every time we try to fix the code, the monorail stops working. We don't know how he did this. We got to Tori in the botanical garden again. He's talking to the green wisp and he's like, hey, let me tell you what all happened. Meanwhile, elsewhere, Deoxys flies to LaRue City, sits atop the tower and creates an Aurora Borealis right here, right now, located directly in LaRue City. <laughs> you fucker. Can I see it? I, I guess. Look up. <laughs> Ash walks up and tries to find out who Tori is talking to. The will oh the wisp disappears and so does the Aurora. Ash keeps following Tori and asking him who he was talking to. I do not like Ash in this movie. He is the stereotype of an extrovert. (laughs) It's just like, hey, introverted kid who's sad. Hey, 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 am I making you happy now? How about now? How about now? How about now? Yeah, he's he needs to go to hell. (laughs) And just a crack opens up in the earth and eats ash ketchup. I think he needs ADHD meds or something. Yeah, maybe. Or an adult. Just an adult to tell him no. That, that, Supervision that. would be nice for this 10-year-old, but we live in the Pokemon world where as soon as they are 10, you do what you do in our world at 18 and you kick them out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that you know Hunger has Misty to like keep him in line, he's just completely off the rails. Yeah, and Max would be Ash's parent, but Max is too busy being Brock's parent. <laughs> yes. Look, look, Delia needs her time alone with Mr. Mon. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. I don't like the way you said that. Without condoning or condemning, I I respect it. I don't. I don't consent. You forgot to ask someone. No, come on. Come on, Shibuya. Be an ally. 
<laughs> so this moment right here, this moment is where the U.S. dub really just proved to me I should never watch the Japanese dubs of these movies ever again. So we cut to the Team Rocket crew wandering around. In the dub, they say, if this town is so high tech, why don't they have moving sidewalks or robots that serve hamburgers? <laughs> to which Jesse says, yeah, keep dreaming. And then they see up on a hill, a kid ordering a burger from a burger robot. But they can't get food because they don't have a passport. So they start accosting this burger tachikoma and then it sounds an alert and it's like alert 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 and the welcome cubes come up they bulk up by assembling a ton of them and then they just tase jesse <laughs> well i mean to be fair she did just rub her ass on it yeah <laughs> yes she was so excited about the burger she was gonna get so it's right here that you have to pause for a moment because it's never established that the passports act as credit cards. They just activate the machines. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if like you can use them, like put a balance on them. We never really see a bank. So maybe this is a, a free food sort of utopia, you know, Agro, I beg to differ. Yeah. Because in the dub, when they get their passports, they ask what they're for. And then the welcome robot tells them that it's used for shopping and such in the town. They don't elaborate on it. But it is stated that you can use it to purchase things in LaRousse. Well, yeah, he said shopping. He didn't like this. Maybe a post scarcity thing. Do you not shop for food? Well, no, but you may not have to use money. Money. Yeah. Right. Because, mm. yeah, okay, that's fair. the thing. A lot of the Pokemon universe has a post scarcity feel. Right. With a free health care and a bunch of other things. Uh, man, now I'm just thinking about this other part. We're not there yet, though. So I'm going to I'm going to shove that feeling down until we get there. Like, I'm, I'm assuming that you you have to establish yourself as, as a desirable when you get on the monorail on the mainland, mm-hmm. <laughs> because the, you're just given one of these passports when you get off. Team Rocket illegally immigrated with their yes. submarine yes. and are therefore not entitled to food and got an immediate violent response from the local robotic constabulary. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very grim here. So about this being like Atomic Heart... <laughs> Yeah, I could not stop thinking about that game while watching this. And I'm like, why is it that the two video games this movie reminds me of aren't Pokemon, they're Atomic Heart and Disaster Report. (laughs) Anyway, she gets tased. Tori is trying to get away from Ash elsewhere. And he alerts some Wingles who just take off and he's scared. So he falls over. Ash tries to help him up. But then he shoves down Ash. Ash doesn't understand at all what's happening and just is about to beat the crap out of Tori. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah ash is really messed up in this movie he's not processing everything i swear the boy was concussed on the way in or something this really is like the most he got too much sugar <laughs> <laughs> just like wow ash keeps acting like how we keep describing how ash acts <laughs> <laughs> he he's become his own like caricature of himself may's like yo don't don't beat up tori what are you thinking brock's like Hmm. We should get food. <laughs> so it cuts to them having fondue at the park. Tori thinks it's delicious. And then Pokemon start to come near to get the food. Brock's like, here's your own food and gives them pellets. And uh, lucky for us, that's good enough for them. May goes, aren't these woodland creatures adorable? They tried to steal our food and might be rabid. Maybe you should pet them, Tori. <laughs> Do not pet the zigzagoons. Just don't. Okay. <laughs> I want it. Zigzagoon. Okay, but CDOT's also there. CDOT's a safe bet. <laughs> I, here's the thing. I think you're right, but I bet 
I, I, I live with full confidence. If Seedoff bit my hand, that would hurt so much worse than a lot of those other Pokemon biting my hand. <laughs> it might just cut the finger off. I don't know. Yeah, but then you pet Shroomish and it lets off poison and you die. I think I'll take a bite over literally being poisoned. <laughs> Me petting the Shroomish? I'm built different. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was around this point that I realized they just reused this entire character trope uh, that tori has of the pdst mm -hmm. for lily and sun and moon like that's her entire character oh my god yeah <laughs> with <laughs> with the special pokemon that only she knows about mm -hmm. this is the funniest revelation we've had <laughs> i wouldn't have connected those dots and yeah, you know why? Why is that? Uh, Tori doesn't keep the green wisp in his purse. That's if he had done that, I would have been like, ah, oh, pointed and soy jacked. Get in the bag, will o wisp Fucking do it. <laughs> We're going to the mall. Get in my Mirror's Edge messenger bag. <laughs> uh, Tori's really not sure about petting these wildland animals. But Pikachu's like, hey, you can shake my hand. And Tori runs away. It's too much. It's, it's, it's just too much. Munchlax, or as my typoed notes say, Monklax, eats their food, and everyone gets upset. They're like, hey, that was our food, and he just takes off like a rocket into the sky, and they're like, what? What is, is that a thing he does? He lands with an obnoxiously loud thud, and everyone just waits for something to happen, and the something <laughs> is his feet come out, and he just runs off. <laughs> does not elaborate. Leaves. <laughs> I love Munchlax in this movie because he's he's the equivalent of like the pigeons and the squirrels you see in a downtown area that's well populated, just trying to get by finding whatever food he can. <laughs> he found a goddamn feast. He feasted and then he fucking booked it. <laughs> and I think that's beautiful. I thought for a moment that Munchlax could fly. <laughs> you're like there he goes oh he just landed i guess he can't fly no he just he just used the move bounce yeah exactly oh yeah i guess so <laughs> this will be i believe our second oh my god it's plusle and minin moment in this movie so they just go oh my god it's plusle and fucking minin <laughs> then we move on deoxys lands on a clock and um scares birds then scans the area with his face slid <laughs> and starts screwing with the, all the utilities in the town, the power grid and everything. We abruptly cut to night and Deoxys now flies atop the tower and makes the Aurora reappear. Rebecca, with the rest of the main cast, like the movie's main cast, explains why this is impossible to see Aurora Borealis in LaRue City. She just goes, Aurora Borealis, at this time of night, localized entirely over LaRusse. And then May's just like, yes. Is that a problem? <laughs> Stop being such a downer. <laughs> Shut up, man. There are pretty colors in the sky. Don't be such a downer, man. <laughs> Sid hits on May again. Brock hits on Rebecca again. There are two giggling schoolgirls we have still not been introduced to formally. <laughs> All I could think of is they are basically the giggling schoolgirls from the Clerks cartoon. <laughs> okay, I feel a little better that that's only my damage. Okay, great. <laughs> oh, wow. I had completely different damage where I kept thinking of the Harley Quinn twins from Batman <laughs> Beyond. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> Rafe shows up, starts shit-talking Ash, and then agrees to battle him in another round tomorrow, like whatever, man. Tori shows up and is 
this is a weird moment. Tori's social now? He's like, hey, I'm here, guys, hanging out with all of you, that thing I love doing. Anyways, me and Professor Assistant Lady have cooked up some Pokemon cookies. Look, Fondue changed him. (laughs) (laughs) Fondue will change a man. Fondue is delicious. I don't blame the kid. Man, it is that easy, huh? (laughs) How do I make (laughs) friends? Make fondue. Mm. Done. Huh. It's that easy. Everyone starts summoning a crapload of their Pokemon. They're now hanging out at the park instead of hanging out in this, like, apartment, like, condo thing. Tons of Pokemon are getting summoned. I'm freaking out because I'm like, this is not how you hang out with your Pokephobic friend, you guys. (laughs) But before I can finish that thought, a musical number kicks in. And in Japanese and English, they are both hilariously saccharine songs of different genres that were popular in their respective regions at that time. In Japan, it's kind of like a J-pop sort of song that's talking about hello boys and girls in English. Take me to your heart. You and me, sweet song is always with you. In the U.S., it's like an acoustic guitar sort of aughts feel. As this lady singing, this side of paradise, it's where I want to be. This side of paradise for you and me. And I appreciate that the second one is really feeding into the message of the film of look at this tech utopian nightmare. <laughs> it's, it, you know, if this was a real song in the Pokemon universe, someone out there would be making a YouTube video right now. That's like, it's actually a deep message, just like smiling people by R.E.M. <laughs> God, that Japanese song is so bad. <laughs> It's terrible, and we get to experience it two more times in the credits. Yeah. Uh, but it's fine. Both of them are are the exact same vector, I feel, just different genres. Like, I feel like they both kind of hit the exact same spot, but in different genres of regions. During this number, I got to do a shout out to Lotad's Dance, which is incredible. I know. I, I wrote it down, too. I love Lombre just on those blocks, thriving ass toward the camera he does not care he never looks at the camera in any of it i couldn't process it i literally shouted turn around you leafy fuck (laughs) i think you should let him do what he's going to do This rocks. I want more. No, this like, is I great. Watch yeah. this part of the series. Is this Pokemon haunted? Can anyone else see it? <laughs> <laughs> it does vanish after the sequence. We never see him again. Maybe when he evolves into Ludicolo, he will like properly, fully figure out which direction to look while dancing. But I, I think I can't tell you any other Pokemon that was in that shot other than Lombre, just because he stole the spotlight. In that shot or in the sequence? Because I know Fortress shows up at one point, and I was like, wait, he still has Fortress? Huh. Yeah, no. Lumbre was the outstanding Pokemon in this segment for me. I only remember Bulbasaur being there because due to the editing, it looked like May released it, and that was really weird. Oh, Bulbasaur was there. Wow. Yeah, I... I just saw Pikachu and then that animation for Lombre dancing was so good. I literally got ton of vision both times watching this film. (laughs) (laughs) I I know there's like a 10 second shot that we hang on of Ash and the kid talking. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. Grovile is just sitting at the forefront of the shot, not giving a single fuck. (laughs) It's one frame, but it's the coolest frame because it's Grovile. (laughs) As this number continues, Tori starts swinging a jump rope with Ash for the pokemon it's very good music number ends rocket shows up team rocket steal a sandwich and then munchlax takes it the sound jesse makes while crawling after the munchlax is absolutely hilarious in the u.s dub she's just like (laughs) (laughs) 
if I have a two best sounds, this would get second place. US dub Jesse crawling after the Munchlax. First place goes to Surskit later, but we'll get to that. Yep. Surskit's <laughs> very good. There is one point, I believe, when Munchlax is tossing the second bottle into the trash can where the English dub voice actor for Munchlax has Smoker's voice for a second. Just like, Munch. Munch. Or some, some shit like that. It's very good. It is. <laughs> Deoxys just, <laughs> yeah. just flies up to a cliff and yeets a bunch of seal into the water. This is, yeah. the, this is the best part of the movie, almost. <laughs> this apparently was the one thing that tipped off Rayquaza, who's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> just flies towards the city. I don't know what's more insane to me about this. The fact that there are seal and dugong as part of our Gen 1 rep in this Gen 3 movie. Uh-huh. Deoxys just Toss them all in the fucking depth. See ya. <laughs> no, that's definitely what get, what gets Rayquaza's attention. He's like, some red bitch is fucking with sea creatures. <laughs> Rayquaza just goes, he's fucking with a seal. Deoxys is just going to be slowly picking up each mine in the city and putting it in the trash. <laughs> Rayquaza will not care. Oh, no. <laughs> Did Rayquaza pro- program the city? <laughs> Ash and Tori have a talk on a bench and they're talking about how this is Tori's first time hanging out with people because he couldn't be anywhere near Pokemon. He's like, hey, well, do you want to do you want to hug my Pikachu? And they're like, oh, maybe maybe a handshake or a hug or something. And then Corfish jumps in and just goes, what's up? It's me, Corfish. Everyone loves me. And (laughs) Tori gets fucking terrified and just freaks out. And they're like, oh. Corfish, come on, man. Because right before that, Pikachu's giving him that face of like, what's up? I'm Pikachu. I'm maybe the most marketable shape in human history. You want to get in on this? (laughs) If a Pokemon says to me, do you want to get in on this? I don't trust it because it's probably Mr. Mike. (laughs) And then then a Gen 3 Pokemon shows up and Tori has a legitimate reaction. Okay, listen, if I I had the option of hanging out with a Pikachu or a Corphish, fuck that mascot, bitch. I'm picking Corphish. I mean, for survival's sake, I would also pick the Corphish. Pikachus are murderous. I'm I'm not speaking about survival's sake. I'm speaking about, like, who's cooler to hang out with? The shitty mascot who has to abide by Nintendo's bullshit or motherfucking Corphish? I don't know. Corfish is a gigantic, dangerous lobster. Yeah, I assume the like pincer oh, strength on that thing. Well, it's it's big for a lobster. <laughs> for a lobster, yes, but he's still only like what, like a foot and a half. I max? bet that dude's Pokedex entry is like it can crush a boulder if it wanted to. Corfish are entirely ungovernable. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Agra's like, I would hang out with a Pikachu. It's so governable. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Agra, like, white bread is my favorite on any type of sandwich. It's so governable. <laughs> God, I love shopping for white bread. <laughs> <laughs> so they're now at the Botanical Garden. Tori's dad works here, and there's a lot of security. Tori's like, here's your passport. And the welcome bot's like, okay, you and an unknown amount of people can now enter this area. Bye. <laughs> Passport is flawless. Why would you say anything like this? And Tori's just like, yeah, this is what a lot of security looks like. And I'm like, holy crap. Maybe this is a utopia compared to America. We aren't seeing like Team Rocket getting tased doing nothing. They have to attack a fucking food robot to get tased. Anyway, Tori introduces them to the green will o the wisp. 
they summon all their Pokemon to meet it, which is crazy to me. Yeah, no, they just encountered some Star Trek sort of bizarre space <laughs> entity, and I was like, come touch it, all you guys. <laughs> hey, guys, it's the crystalline entity. It wants to hang out with you. <laughs> it, it, it's also Pokemon because, we, as we established, there is human, non-sentient plant and Pokemon. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, so it moved probably, probably a Pokemon. But yeah, this is nuts. Also, yeah, even Lily's Pokemon is a wisp-like thing. Oh my god. Anyways, they summon all their Pokemon <laughs> to meet it. Rebecca films it on her laptop, which I love. I cannot stress how much I love that the, the camera apparatus on her laptop just extends on a tube out of the side and looks like it would be a monocle or like a, a telescope or something. It's so delightful. I mean, I'm glad technology didn't go this way. I bet that thing gets hit in just the wrong way. The whole thing snaps off, but it just <laughs> looks so cool. And, you know, worth noting, she has a better laptop than that researcher from the other movie. The green wisp flies around. Everybody giggles. We cut to Deoxys on top of the tower who looks left and notices Rayquaza is closing it really fast. <laughs> In the security room, there is an officer, Jenny, who's talking to Professor Lund, I believe. And only now do they notice Deoxys. They're like, oh, crap, that's Deoxys. He's messing with the utilities. The city must be evacuated immediately. So the giant welcome cubes go out and they start forming a map for the citizens to see how to escape. There are trains and boats. There, there's monorail boats, everything. There are CG people walking here. It's pretty. This movie's animation quality jackknifes up and down so hard all throughout it. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite is when they have like a group of six CG people walking and one of them needs to walk like the weirdest human alive. Everyone else is like, I can keep my upper body pretty stiff, but this dude's basically doing the uh, the Beatles walk where he's just leaning back weirdly as he struts <laughs> down the street. Our main crew, though, right now, they're trapped in the botanical garden because the power has been disabled. Professor Dad <laughs> gets wrecked by a conveyor belt and then falls into the water. They evacuated the city within an hour. That's insane. Like, this city's evacuation plan was have the robots form a giant, overcomplicated moving bridge to the mainland. Mm -hmm. Moments later, the second the wind turbines go down, this city's zero battery backup for its all electrical infrastructure <laughs> which fails. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to talk about that real quick. One windmills cannot power a city of this size in the amount they show here not those four of them <laughs> right there's like maybe at most five or six no way absolutely not they do have a battery backup but it could barely power anything in the city so when they're like oh my god the windmills don't generate enough power later in this movie i'm like no shit <laughs> Like, I don't know how there are no cellular panels or anything else powering the city right now. Like Agro keeps saying, this is a tech bro utopia. So they say the windmills are powering it. But you know where those plus one mining came from? Uh -oh. No, they escaped don't. from the juicer underneath the I city, which God. is where they get the rest of the power. Just they just shovel in, bring in trucks of plus one mining, oh. trucks upon trucks, and just feed them in. Oh, my God. 
Do I have to be by default Plusle and Minin's strongest soldier on this podcast simply because I think they're funny little guys? I think they're funny little guys, but obviously in, in the context of this movie, they are being burned for fuel. <laughs> I simply think that they're turning the plastics on the bottles people are throwing into the trash into like flammable objects that are poisoning the air. Like it's a tech for utopia. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm also agreeing with Chris. They're probably juicing these minin. That's the only reason they're coated as trash. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like well, why minin they, and not plusles? The minin and plusles. If they were doing that, they would have a more stable supply of power. Although I feel like juicing them probably not the best way to get that power out. No, probably not. Probably not in the least. It's probably just it scales up really well as we mulch thousands of plusle and minin. Also, uh, to explain why they wouldn't get plusle as well, it's an economic balance. They have to keep the charges balanced. So right now they need more minin. <laughs> Another plusle will just further mess things up. Anyway, Officer Jelly pulls up on a boat and throws a flotation device to Professor Dad. Team Rocket shambles along inside of the city until Deoxys sees them and kidnaps them with its shadow clone jutsu. James makes one of the funniest faces I have ever seen James make. One moment. Okay. Yeah. Found it. His face while getting ripped up into the sky by a purple Deoxys is so good. <laughs> I, I do also love that Jesse is seeing this happen in real time, and her response is something more akin to disgust than fear or concern. She's like, you, you're getting kidnapped? <laughs> well, that's gross. So, are they just, like, taking these people and just leaving them in a field? Uh, they're stuffing them into a shed, basically, which looks like a, 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 a school gymnasium. Like, I don't know. I got real hurricane shelter vibes from that place. Yeah, actually. Just get out of the way. I need you all out of the way. There's a population <laughs> yes. and they, they need to relocate it and concentrate it in a certain place. And juice them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Deoxys thing. I mean, the entire movie's been trying to establish that, like, the way they see things is like sonar, but for electric impulses or something. Mm -hmm. So because every person has like little impulses, like from their heartbeats yeah. and shit, that's fucking with it. So it's just like, nope, got to go, go, leave, get out of here. Yeah, they are very sensitive to all types of EM radiation. So they're just going to kidnap all the people and shove them in a shed. Yeah, as far as we know, James is dead after this. <laughs> <laughs> you have to watch that movie to figure out how he left the series. <laughs> that was the last face he ever made. <laughs> Rayquaza is trying to attack and as he approaches Deoxys does like a barrier around itself which apparently created a barrier around the entire city which I was a little vague on I thought it was a defense mode for the city created this force field bubble but apparently they just didn't have the animation where it extends the barrier out from the Deoxys to cover the whole city Rayquaza's pissed and keeps bashing into this you know bobblehead shield dome around the city over and over and can't get through and is really really pissed but the barriers also stop the wind so the city's windmills slow down and it enters a low power mode we cut back to the botanical garden where the main crew are hanging out with their crap load of Pokemon. And instead of using any of them to open the door, the humans are trying to pry it open with their hands. And once they get it open, they're like, holy crap, is that Deoxys? Look, there's no need to open the door. All right. 
Just because the power is out doesn't mean you need to leave the botanical gardens. There is nothing wrong with the passport system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good watching them just slap it against a computer that's not powered. <laughs> Please open the door. But yeah, they're like, what is that thing? And and Tori has to explain. Oh, that's, or actually, is it Tori or Rebecca? It's Tori just explains that that's Deoxys. He does this rather calmly, if I recall correctly. But Rebecca goes, hey, wait a second. Stop running. I want to film it. And I'm like, what are you, what, what? <laughs> You're going to listen to the fucking YouTuber over here? Yeah, okay, okay, little Miss Blair Witch. Kids these days on their fucking <laughs> laptops, not living in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the real problem. She's trying to get those hot TikTok clicks. <laughs> I get it. You're going to take video of the monster and you're going to make a fucking back rooms video. We have to go. <laughs> <laughs> but then the purple Deoxys start attacking. So all the Pokemon start having to fend them off. Now, Sid and Blastoise get kidnapped by the purple Deoxys. The other Pokemon try to, as, as they continue to fight off, they all realize, wait a second, there's an escape to emergency underground exit. Let's let's go over there. Deoxys rushes up on them as they close this door to the underground escape, and Ash is grabbed by a ton of tentacles through the door. By the way, during this whole moment, John Carpenter soundtrack's back. <laughs> so as a child wrapped in tentacles is not able to continue through the door and is just being held in place and probably going to be pulled through this tiny crack, he, he looks down at Pikachu and goes... Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Pikachu tases him and Deoxys together, making Deoxys let go of him. And Ash just comes through the door and is just like, uh, you can tell his heart isn't even working right at this point as he's like stumbling and just barely there. And May's like, why are you slowing down? <laughs> we have to go. They run deeper into the underground facility and that's where Yuko has been. Yuko, by the way, is the professor's assistant. They did a very good job of introducing every character in this with names and relationships up front when they first appear. Definitely not Tori's mom. <laughs> the Oxys are flying all around the city as Pokemon themselves try to escape, like Plusle and Minan. They go into the underground tubes, which now that we've been talking about what resides down there, I worry for them. <laughs> Officer Jenny breaks it to Lund that these people, as shown on screen, including Tori and the main cast, haven't escaped the city. They're outside the city watching the island from a building. Underground in a very overblood type facility, the main crew talks to each other. And they say the thing that I wanted to talk about earlier that is like a thorn in my brain. They say, the Pokeballs cannot work because the city doesn't have power and the pokemon management system is down you mean the tech bros invented something we already had but made it worse no they would never do that i don't understand how this could happen it's a virus i guess <laughs> like there's just a network that's locking there in their pokeballs yeah it's just they pushed an update to every pokeball that enters the city that is a virus yeah like like pokeballs clearly work off the grid. They have to. That's how they're yeah. designed. But while you're in LaRue City, they also have to check in with its system because blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> I have to assume that if you go into like a hospital in the Pokemon universe, it's like, no, you can't fucking know. <laughs> they don't work. We don't need somebody throwing out an electrode with self-destruct in the middle of this hospital. So you're saying hospitals might all have this code to disable Pokeballs? I mean, that's the thing in Scarlet and Violet. 
Yeah, I was going to bring up that if this movie was the originator of one of the best moments in Scarfio, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. <laughs> it all comes back to Destiny Deoxys, baby. I-, I wonder if when they all pull out their Pokeballs <laughs> and try to use them, they just they hear Professor Oak's voice on the wind telling them that now is not the time <laughs> to use that. Now is not the time to use that, kid. There's a time and place for everything, but the time for Pokemon has ended. Humanity must evolve. <laughs> <laughs> Oak, <laughs> have you been watching the news again? <laughs> There's certainly some existential horror for the Pokemon who's like, no, the government says you can't come out. Stay in your tomb. Yeah. 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 No, that's horrible. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, Yuko starts explaining to everyone the history of Deoxys and the John Carpenter music is back. <laughs> <laughs> there was a meteor four years ago. Rayquaza fought it. It has regenerative powers, etc. You already know this from listening to the summary so far. Max worries that Deoxys could get in through a crack in the wall and the sisters just freak out over there. And he's like, it's fine, it's fine, it's probably not going to happen. And then they hear a sound and they start to freak out. There's something in the ducks. And it turns out to be Plessel and Minan who scare everybody by making the sounds. Also, uh, Munchlax is in there and he can't get out of the duck properly, so they have to yank him out. You see, the, the funny thing here is Munchlax is very round, but big. Whereas Plus One Minin are very round but small. Hilarious. Thank you. I thought so too. What a funny movie. <laughs> Plus One Minin run after Tori, who's just freaking out. Munchlax eats food. That's just a statement and also synopsis of the movie. <laughs> the sisters and May's younger brother are sad that Munchlax eats the food and. And then it spits up the sandwich and it offers it to them. And they're pretty jazzed about this until they think about, wait, that's gross as hell. Why would we eat that sandwich that already went down it? Not even. It's Those are the sandwiches from the other night when Munchlax stole them all from Team Rocket, who was going to steal them from everybody. And then as Munchlax is like regretting things and about to offer them the sandwich, he like scratches all this fucking dandruff comes uh-huh. off of him. And then they're like, no. And then he eats it and they get upset again. <laughs> that's what that's what it took for them to think, wait, this is a disgusting animal. <laughs> <laughs> they just forgot because Munchlax is so adorable. <laughs> but then he realized, wait, he was keeping these sandwiches in his folds. <laughs> like, yeah. oh. I wonder with my body heat. <laughs> oh, no! Wait a second, I don't remember these sandwiches being paninis. I do not like having to think about Munchlax's folds. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> There's gonna be a fucking edit on screen or something. I'll no! workshop something after I'm done here. Did you George Foreman Munchlax fold? <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> Repent. I'm sorry. <laughs> you should be. They're going to go find some water and food and investigate where the stolen people went. So they split up into groups. Ash and Tori come across the hot dog machine and they can't get hot dogs out of the hot dog machine because it has no power. Pikachu shocks it with electricity and they're like, oh my God, Pikachu, you're a genius. It just needs power. So why wouldn't we just tase it? It sends hot dogs flying everywhere. And in the US dub, proving the superiority of the US dub, Brock goes, you gotta catch them all. (laughs) <laughs> and then Deoxys, no, that was great. That was great. De- Deoxys I've then flies worse. up. Deoxys then flies up and starts attacking. So they drop the food and run. <laughs> that moment was way too funny. The Deoxys is, uh, pick up Ash and Brock, but then are shocked by Pikachu and drop them. But they fly away with Minan, probably to sort him. 
no. More Deoxys is flying in mass and one of them steals the hot dog machine and that's one of the funniest <laughs> moments in the movie to me. Yes. We will need this for later. Is it just me that thinks that hot dog machine looks like it's made out of the bottom of a mill tank? <laughs> what? 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 Yes, I can confirm that's just you. This might be the worst episode we've recorded yet. What the fuck, Agro? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe there aren't any robots in this city. Maybe all those boxes have magnemites inside. Oh my that god. That would complete the tech bro experience where it's like, here's our amazing robot utopia. It's powered by misery. <laughs> also, they're not actually robots. We invented a new thing. It's really just slaves. <laughs> <laughs> the main cast is hiding away in a building. Tori apologizes to Palusel that mining was stolen. They find uh, boxes full of water bottles in there. And they're like, oh, awesome. We got some water. We're going to be great. Cuts to Rebecca and Rafe, who find the building where all the purple deoxyses are bringing everything. And they notice the one overhead that's holding the hot dog machine. And the USW keeps going, release immediately, release immediately, release immediately. And all the power drops out of it. So the Deoxys just looks at it and then drops it into a lake. <laughs> just These... about him doing that to people. Yes, this Deoxys <laughs> literally has the energy of a child playing GTA. Yeah. <laughs> like, the this and the flipping the seal into the ocean <laughs> it's so funny later at the main base they watch this audacious act on a computer and they're like oh wow that's that's really messed up the crew starts going to sleep for a bit in japan they have this is the funniest sound of this entire movie the japanese dub Serskit just pops up after its like little antenna on top of its head wiggles a bit and it just goes ah 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 <laughs> as it runs around the entire room in fast forward it's the funniest thing i've watched yet for this show oh, yeah the run's really good oh i i need to see this and if we can get a clip of that i need to throw that in That's... oh yeah absolutely because the u.s dub's good the u.s dub is not bad at all it is still funny but the japanese ah rapid fire sound is just the funniest thing Anyways, everyone is wondering what the hell is going on with that surskit until the vents start being broken into by Deoxys' tentacles. Munchlax is eating hot dogs. Wait a minute. Uh, where'd they get the... They had just hold on to some. We just didn't see them. We just didn't see the ones they held on to. When they... Brock, in fact, caught them all. They have enough pockets <laughs> that I, I was screaming in my notes, put them in your pockets, you fucking idiots. So I assume they actually just did that off screen and didn't just drop all the hot dogs they came out to scavenge for like idiots. Man, now I'm just like, Brock should just have an absurd amount of pockets on him. Like, he should have a fanny pack, some, like, belt pouches. <laughs> he should have cargo pants, and they're all full of hot dogs. Yeah, he used to, hey, he used to rock that cargo vest. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Just pocket that boy up. Absolutely. It's pocket monsters for a fucking reason. <laughs> fucking damn it. They go even deeper into the overblood base to find the Deoxys regeneration lab. They explain the green jewel is a part of Deoxys and that the green will o the wisp comes out of it to talk to Tori. And then they go, it is a Deoxys. 
This is where I write in my notes. You've been friends with the Pokemon this whole time, idiot. (laughs) Did you think it was a human or a non-sentient plant? (laughs) You fucking moron. What did you think it was? Pollen that somehow danced around for you? No, of course it's a fucking Pokemon. I swear it was reflected right. You thought it, thought, it was a weather balloon. I thought it was a Wawabowiawis. Tori, what is that? Uh, that is Aurora uh, Borealis. No, it's not. That's a fire. Rebecca is extracting the data of the green wisps into stonks and then realizes the Aurora is Deoxys and they can now speak to Deoxys or at least understand. They pull up three different slides of the Aurora doing stuff and the wisp doing stuff and they're like, it's saying friend and where are you? (laughs) Sure. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Deoxys is apparently just ruining the electrical grid outside, kidnapping Pokemon and people because, you know, now it's very overt. It screws up their vision and just tucking it away into the emergency shelter day three or two of rayquaza slamming its head into the barrier (laughs) i like at no point rayquaza gets bored no rayquaza (laughs) sorry rayquazar uh (laughs) just keeps slamming his head in for days the team realizes hey maybe we should just give this green jewel deoxys to the other deoxys and then i'll leave (laughs) deoxys just wants his machete guys I was watching it. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> Please don't compare this movie to Jason X. <laughs> they form a plan to turn on the wind generators by breaking out the people. Their plan too involves slavery. <laughs> when in Rome, <laughs> uh, they walk down the streets. May talks about how weird it is to walk up an escalator that's turned off, and they make a joke about that. It's slightly different in each dub. Deoxys appears. Ash tries to say, hey, we're your friend, okay? <laughs> we're just normal friends. And then he gets attacked by the Shadow Cooling Jutsu. Metagross makes a barrier to protect them. Blaziken uses overheat. The main cast runs underground while, you know, Rafe stays behind to fight off these purple Deoxyses. And at this moment of this battle, Rayquaza breaks through. Jenny and Lund are very scared. Blaziken is about to torch the purple Deoxyses again, but then Rafe goes... That's enough. And this just submits to be carried away by these things. My favorite part is he doesn't know that it won't drop him like it did that hot dog machine. (laughs) It's just going to fly like stories into the sky and drop him. (laughs) Rayquaza fights the purple Deoxyses and it gets coated in them as they all grab onto it. He screams and shoots beams everywhere. This is when the movie really becomes disaster report. While running away, the main crew just keeps running, and Munchlax wanders off in the wrong direction, and Max is like, well, where are you going? And May goes, there's no time. We can't go after Munchlax. Munchlax is a strong, independent Pokemon that we all love. Let him do whatever. We cut to the shelter, which Rafe was luckily carried to and not (laughs) dropped from the top of a building. He's rewiring the power at the shelter in a circuit breaker. Team Rocket's there, and James goes, what is he doing over there? Meowth goes, I hope he pulls a sandwich out of that box, and Jesse says, from your lips to my stomach. Thank you, US Dub, for trying. Outside, there's more kaiju battling. Pikachu, Plossel, and Minan meet up on the two sides of the entrance to the shelter, and they shock the door, causing it to open correctly. Tori cries because he is moved by the beauty of Plossel and Minan being reunited. 
Ash Tori and the three Chews are running around dodging Rayquaza's rampage in the streets. The kaiju fly past some windows and shatter them all, and it's very cool. But this happens right above our main cast, and I'm shocked that the shattered glass doesn't get thrown all over them. <laughs> this will be a repeating trend. The rest of the cast ends up at the wind generator with the people in the shelter. The sisters are now named as Audrey and Catherine, by the way. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Brock is hooking the wind turbines up to ropes. He's like wrapping them around the inner core of the turbine on the inside of it, not the outside of it. Ash and the three chews end up at the lab again with the professor's assistant back at the wind generators. They tie ropes around two of the turbines and they're now pulling them to turn the wind generators. Others are being pushed by wind, water, and psychic power generated by Pokemon. But Team Rocket is pedaling a three-person bike power generator, which let me tell you, that's not going to generate much power. But Dan, you're forgetting the best windmill power. Blaziken jumping, jumping. on the fucking fan. I'm like, how heavy are you, Blaziken? <laughs> I like to think it's his power as he's kicking off of it. Because he is a fighting type, so... Doing some intense fighting type leg move to just kick down directly into it. I love Blaziken so much in this movie. <laughs> you, you, you just know that uh, Professor Dad is watching and like, hmm, these are, these are all good strategies for Slavery City 2. <laughs> 2.0, thank you. We don't know that Professor Dad was involved with making this slave city. Yeah, you're right. He just he just has every camera focused on his son at all times. <laughs> yeah, that's a perk oh, of no. working under the guy who invented all this shit. <laughs> they're like they're like Tori, listen, your dad said some really messed up, and he's like, my dad didn't do messed up stuff. Dad would never do that. And I'm like, it is atomic art. <laughs> We're like, Tori, you're, I don't know how to break this to you. Your dad has white hair and he's an anime character. This is not going to end well for anybody. <laughs> Back at the lab, they realize wind power isn't nearly enough to power the things in this city. <laughs> to which I go, no shit. <laughs> the chews, which are all with ash, do a zappy zap. And oh my God, it's working as glass shatters and they somehow don't get cut into ribbons again. The rock glows and Deoxys forms out of the stone. It is not a shiny. That is a missed opportunity. I wish any of the shinies in this movie were the shiny variant lemon lime colored Deoxys. I don't think there's a shiny variant in any of the movies, but I hope to be wrong on that. Tori and Ash smile and then start to glow with legendary power and fly off with Deoxys in a whimsical scene to which I ask how many of these movies are going to have the legendary levitates the kids for a whimsical flying scene. This one's very short by comparison to most. Oh, it's true. It's less than 20 whole seconds. <laughs> they fly past the generator crew hanging out near the turbines and they approach Deoxys, who's still in a fight with Rayquaza. Deoxys gets pile-drived by Rayquaza into the Earth, who's really smug about this, and the barrier around the city finally drops, proving if they did nothing they could still escape the city just fine because this day oxes would get pile-drived into the earth. <laughs> yeah, Rayquaza would have saved the day eventually. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which proves the free market works. <laughs> Deoxys is now owning Rayquaza back at the fight, but a second Deoxys appears to protect Rayquaza. An explosion goes off. It buries both Rayquaza and the second Deoxys under the rubble. And the first Deoxys scans the rubble using his weird face slit beam thing to just look around. And that's when the second one is discovered. It flies up. They look at each other. They both make auroras. The auroras 
interact with each other. They change forms. Everyone is happy. They slowly spin around. Love wins until the illusion of consent shows up. Rayquaza and shoots a beam at them. <laughs> He's upset as hell. Isn't there someone you forgot to ask? <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> then they fly around dodging Rayquaza, who keeps shooting the beam, and then they just zap him with dark energy. <laughs> just instantly owns him. Rayquaza knocks over a hot dog machine as they fly through the city. These things are getting so much abuse as this movie goes. The cube guard system is getting activated because it's like, hey, the power is back. Hey, wait a minute. Look at these legendaries. What is going on? And Deoxys and Rayquaza fight inside of a tower. The fight generates an esoteric shockwave. I'm not like it seemed like it originated from Deoxys itself, but it might be because the power of the towers wiring or something. Or maybe the clash of Rayquaza and Deoxys' power right. meld. Unclear, and but a normal looking shockwave goes out like energy sort of electricity shockwave. And it turns the security cubes into evil cubes that start flooding the city a la like a gray goo problem. Yeah, there's like millions of these things. Yeah, this city, Jesus. There is nothing wrong with the passport system. <laughs> there is, however, something wrong with my bitrate, because as soon as the cube started flooding, my bitrate <laughs> tanked on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the encoding that really tried, but couldn't. <laughs> yeah, the, the little encoder that could not at all. No, no way in hell. The little encoder that and couldn't. Uh, <laughs> the cubes tried to literally drown Rayquaza, which is so funny to me. I just, the thought of, we're going to watch a Pokemon movie, and a pile of sentient cubes are going to realize the solution to dealing with a legendary is to drown it in cubes. I mean, no one's tried that before. That might be the solution. We don't know. It might be. Uh, Deoxys uses protect the Rayquaza using their barriers in defense mode, and Professor Dad pops in on a TV nearby, explaining to Ash and Tori that they need to stop the main robot in charge. Scanning their passport is the only thing that's needed to stop the cubes. The weird thing about this is he doesn't even know Ash is there. He's just like, no, Tori, you have to do this. This is the only way I'll love you, son. And then the bracelet on Tori's arm explains that all the cubes had a combat mode and clearly they were designed to unleash this combat mode on America. And then he goes, what? And Professor Dad wouldn't do that. Climb into the cubes, Tori, or Ash will have to do it again. Ash is in a full body cast. <laughs> As he ex finishes this explanation, the cube smashed into the TV and shatter glass yet again above our main characters who don't receive a single cut, narrowly escaping being cut to ribbons a third time in like 10 minutes. But I realize at this moment, I'm, I'm a little damaged. I have my own damage, you know. I see this many flying sentient evil cubes and I go, oh, it's like mighty number nine. <laughs> oh, no. I was free. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> It's just, I can't. It was a cube with an angry face on it. <laughs> In order to get closer to it, because there's a literal river of millions of these cubes, they have to surf the hot dog robot in order to ride the wave towards the master cube. But then they see, oh, it's up there and uh, there's this tower we could conceivably climb, but we can't reach it. And Munchlax is inside of the hot dog machine eating. It falls out and evolves into Snorlax and Ash jumps on it in order to jump off to the tower. Pikachu and Ash jump across all these cubes in midair in order to scan their passport on the main robot. And at the last second, Ash drops his passport. 
Tori says, hey, check this out, and he throws his passport to Ash. It doesn't quite come all the way up, so Pikachu just takes a dive to smack it back up to Ash and falls into the river of cubes. Sort of like surfing on top. Not animated to track well. <laughs> so this is when Pikachu and Snorlax both die. <laughs> rip. Why didn't Deoxys save them? I don't know. <laughs> you, you said Deoxys had a plan. Why did it involve saving my Pikachu? <laughs> Look, Deoxys works in mysterious ways, all right? <laughs> Ash scans his passport or Tori's passport rather which might be illegal he's going to get sued after this all the cubes stop and everything's fine they're sort of just rigidly stuck wherever they were though why did this work yeah I don't unclear there is nothing wrong with the system <laughs> <laughs> Tori's on top of a few cubes all the way at the top of the tower and then he just falls while holding Plessel and Minum, which he grabs as he goes. And I go, he's intending to land on them. <laughs> he is literally intending to land on Plessel and Minum when he hits the bottom of this fall. But luckily, Deoxys flies up and catches him. The other Deoxys makes Pikachu and Ash fly. Rayquaza decides to stop being an asshole and leaves. Tori's reunited with his dad. He loves Plusle and Minin now. Everybody does. Bob, you love them. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. Everyone, no, everyone here loves them. No, you love them now because you watched this movie and it was such a beautiful moment when they were reunited. Everyone is happy. Yeah, you're right. This one movie fully replaced Pikachu. You can just plus it in mind or you're just the go-to Pokemon and things then, now. Okay, Pikachu, you have to go to the juicing chamber. <laughs> Deoxys flies away after they create an aurora and Ash looks over at Pikachu and says hey thanks for always being by my side Pikachu and music cuts in we now have the ending sequence as the final bit in the movie goes Team Rocket's still pedaling that's the joke credit sequence none of it matters they get back on the monorail and everyone splits up the end oh yeah and Rebecca leaves and Brock cries anyways the credits end they fade to black and then they come back to play the same song in both regions. Like they just play the song from the musical number from earlier, which they just got done playing once to play it again, to show Pikachu dancing and then other Pokemon dancing and then the other Pokemon dance. And that's it. That's the movie. That is Pokemon. Go to the movies. Number seven, destiny Deoxys movie recapped personal pluses. I like this. This movie has uh, John Carpenter music occasionally has a pretty unforeseeable direction compared to most movies. You <laughs> saying that this movie has John Carpenter music, but I just, all I remember for the last half is dun, 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 dun. <laughs> just fucking Ava piano kicking in. <laughs> See, the problem here is that when Ash was trying to do the platforming on that late stage PS1 platformer, which I just connected the dots, it's one of the last levels in Klonoa. Yes. Climbing on those cubes and praying you don't fucking eat shit and die. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. That's all I was hearing. <laughs> God, fucking Pikachu jumps over him, gets the thing, turns around and goes, hey, Ash, maybe I should have taken your passport before I did that because you weigh like eight times as much as I do and may not be able to jump on these cubes. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why do you do that, Pikachu? <laughs> now we're going to have to juice you. <laughs> Is that your mascot? audience at home is that your fucking pokemon mascot really the hashtag this is not my mascot <laughs> <laughs> and also as i mentioned earlier i spent the whole dub gaslighting myself into thinking i was stupid for thinking professor dad was goku but yeah totally was anyways that's the movie we gotta get into our segments but before we do 
Hey, did you know you can get early access to the next episode of Pokemon Go to the Movies over on Patreon.com slash GB Podcast? It's true. You get access about a month early to the next episode of Pokemon Go to the Movies, along with countless movie commentary tracks and all sorts of other things. That's Patreon.com slash GB Podcast, where you can watch a horror movie equally as thrilling as this, Isolation 119. But let's get to our segments. First category... How whimsical is this movie? We need a whimsy meter one to 10 scale. We're going to go ahead and start with Chris. Chris, give me a number. I'm going to give it an eight. We had that whole musical scene of like, we're being friends with Pokemon. We're healing this child's trauma. (laughs) (laughs) If they could explore this in more facets than just he's afraid of Pokemon, like all forms of PTSD. We're healing this Pokemon. His dad is Lucario now. <laughs> Agro, what are you thinking? I, I had a very different read on this movie. It completely really lacked whimsy for me. It was just this horrible nightmare where mankind finds out that even, even in its highest technological utopia, it is completely outmatched by this emotionless space monster. I'm just, I'm going to have to give this one like a two on the whimsy meter. Okay, Bob? Yeah, I'm with Dr. Agro. This thing was mostly a horror film. It's really weird that there's one scene that Chris mentioned (laughs) (laughs) where it literally plays a song that's nothing like anything else in this movie. (laughs) So I'm also going to give it a two. Look, Bob, you just need to know that Ash loves dancing. That's a defining characteristic as a Pokemon character. Shibuya, what are you thinking? I'm with Chris here. I We've accepted that Pokemon is a post-scarcity economy. Of course, there's a tech bro utopia, but like, it's Pokemon. They're not going to make it horror in its vibes and aesthetic. You have the <laughs> musical number being in the middle of the movie instead of a battle at the start. It's fun. Lombre is killing it. I love that <laughs> funny little guy. And you have Plusalimine and two of the best Pika clones to ever be made. So yeah, 9 out of 10 for me. <laughs> It's it's pretty whimsical for something that takes place in the city of Amala's. It, it's so whimsical. His tentacles rip through walls and try and catch kids. <laughs> yeah, but it, he was looking for his bro. It's cool. We found his okay, bro. Okay, would you say the Wizard of Oz isn't whimsical just because those flying monkeys fuck shit up later? <laughs> yeah, a lady gets crushed by a house in the Wizard of Oz, but that's not what people remember. <laughs> I haven't watched the Wizard of Oz in like... 25 years i've no no place to talk about it well lucky you i am an idiot and bought it on 4k blu-ray a few years ago (laughs) i thought you were gonna say got it from red box (laughs) put it in the red box stack wait a second this had two of the best pika clones it had pachirisu and emoga (laughs) it is no (laughs) no they were not invented yet (laughs) I mean, Pachirisu was probably cooking by this point. If Munchlax is yes. in. Yeah, Pachirisu is probably in the oven. On the whimsy scale, I'm somewhere in between these two camps. I feel like there's there's horror themes. I mean, it's, as I said, it's just the thing for the opening. And it plays John Carpenter music every time Deoxys is on screen. However, there is a lot of whimsy. There's a musical dance number. There's a lot of look at the city of tomorrow and a bunch of stuff like that. I really think this sits squarely in the middle but I'm going to put it a little bit on the lower side. I'm going to give this a four because there is whimsy and it's there and it punches every time it shows up, but there's also horror and it's there and it punches every time it shows up. I mean, there are tentacle aliens ripping their way through the ducks into the building. 
But we're moving on now to the dex check. Oh God, I should have I should have done some breathing exercises before this one moment. I have to say the name of every Pokemon in this film. That's fine. Take a couple deep breaths. <laughs> Dan has injured himself hosting Pokemon <laughs> Go to the movies. What if we just got a text-to-speech program to read out? Oh my God! Instead? Like the TikTok text-to-speech. An absolute assault on the senses as it takes 20 minutes to read this. No, even better, we put a shitty MIDI like drum beat behind it to make it like some awful Pokerap clone. That would be really good. That would be really good. Here's a full list of all the Pokemon in this before we do the dex check where we talk about how good the Poke representation was in this film. We've got a lot of the usuals. Pikachu, Meowth, Totodile, Swellow, Grovile, Corefish, Torkoal, Corsola, Combuskin, Beautifly, Skitty, Bulbasaur, Fortress, Lumbrae, Mudkip, Metagross, Blaziken, Blastoise, Surskit, Mascarene, Espeon, Salamence, Puchina. Don't they pronounce it Poochiena? That drives me insane. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, they do. Because it's hyena. Anyway, <laughs> Zangoose, Wismer, Cacter, and C Dot, Mewtwo, Suicune, Celebi, Jirachi. Yeah, a lot of these are in the intro, but we're gonna say them anyways. Rayquaza, Deoxys, Sphiel, Celio, Walrein, Munchlax, Snorlax, Plusle, Minan, Pelipper, Wingle, Seal, Dugong, C Dot, Shrewdish, Shroomish. <laughs> <laughs> things your mom might think are pokemon <laughs> zigzagoon murkrow groudon kyogre wait Ky yeah kyogre people have corrected me registeel snow runt mawile grump pig <laughs> what what what's it's wrong been yeah, it's been mawile it's been mawile boy. <laughs> <laughs> gardevoir amaldo which is still the funniest named pokemon out of all of them because it has a real, that's not Sonic, that's Santiago energy. <laughs> I love Armaldo. Anyways, Lunatone, Bagon, Mew, Jigglypuff, Mightyena, Mightyena probably, Manectric, Croconaw, Castform, Sableye, Machoke, Hariyama, Absol, Nosepass, Slowpoke, Slack King, Shiftry, Doduo, Dodrio, Tauros, Eevee, Jolteon, Vaporeon, Umbreon, Vulpix, Ninetales, Rattata, Raticate, Growlithe, Arcanine, Nidoran, female. Nidorina, Nidoran, male. Nidorino, Rapid Hatch, <laughs> Weedle, Beedrill, Caterpie, Butterfree, Pidgey, Pidgeotto, Pidgeot, Venomoth, Zubat, Golbat, Sandshrew, Sandslash, Ivysaur, Venusaur, Kangaskhan, Azrael, Cubone, Marowak, Gloom, Vileplume, Muck, Paris, Parasect, Coughing, Wheezing, Lickitung, Ludicolo, Wismer, Clefairy, Voltorb, Electrode, Zatu, Tropia, Swablu, Altaria, Rhyhorn, Onyx, Geodude, Golem, Haunter, Charizard, Primate, Victory Bell, Skiploom, Ninjask, Arbok, Magikarp, Whalmer, Whalelord, Gorbis, Mantine, Remoraid, Chincho, Lantern, Tentacool, Carvana, the the used car sales app sharpedo love disc <laughs> and flygon oh this is the worst bit since i had to read every dex entry on poke mondays when people sent them in now three of those were fake pokemon guess which they were in the comments <laughs> That's right, it wasn't Armaldo. <laughs> I'd like to take this moment to thank the brave soul at Bulbapedia who chose to do this because Dan said, hey, I just realized I should probably write this down. There's no one on the internet who's done this. And I was like, for you, my child, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> save yourself. 
I was like halfway through one of the movies just writing down every Pokemon that appeared. And I'm like, man, this is laborious. I'm shocked. You know, Pokemon, it really appeals to obsessive compulsive types like myself. So I was like, why doesn't anyone have this? And it's like, no, you need to scroll to the bottom of the movies entry. Like, oh, okay. Fantastic. Yeah, it's in a weird spot, but it is there. That Shibuya's like, have you looked at the bottom of the wiki page? And I'm like, no. <laughs> why, <laughs> why would, would I scroll down there? <laughs> Uh, that's past the giant blocks of text that are the plot synopsis, which I do my best to never look at because I assume if I ever trust those, we will have the kill zone shadow fall moment of and they ended the war. <laughs> <laughs> but now we can actually move on to the dex check. How good is the poke cast this time? This is a score one to ten. We're going to go ahead and start with aggro. So. That was a long list of Pokemon that you listed, <laughs> and like three fourths of them were from the intro. Uh huh. <laughs> but this is this is definitely a quality over quantity sort of movie, including my boy Metagross, who up until this film, I realized I don't think I've ever seen him animated because I assumed he would use his giant kick ass feet to walk upon the ground. No, it's better. <laughs> and not fold them up. <laughs> and float i laughed so hard because even though i had seen that before it's still the funniest thing to be like no he doesn't use that it's, it's this giant quadrupedal tank and he just lifts his little feet up yeah those appendages are for killing not for walking <laughs> holy shit that is so fucking metal yeah it's for them to use meteor mash and just delete someone from reality <laughs> so like him and Rayquaza are basically my favorite in the third gen lineup so they are gonna push this movie all the way to an eight for me wow awesome to hear let's go to shibuya next yeah, as usual, excluding that entire extended montage with, like, most other gens mm -hmm. almost entirely represented, I think this is a very solid lineup. If you asked me, going into this movie, hey, wh what Gen 1 Mon makes, like, kind of a relevant cameo in a scene? Seal and Dugong would not have been my first choice, but here we are. They put fucking Seal and Dugong in the movie in one of the most memorable scenes. <laughs> not to mention that I love Blaziken. Blaziken is one of my favorite starters of any gen. And I think the Gen 3 mons that they picked were very strong choices. So I'm going to have to give this one a seven. Uh, let's go to Bob next, Bob. I feel like this movie's got a bunch of Pokemon just filling in the world and making it feel very much like a Pokemon world, which is what I always like to see. But it doesn't have any of those standout, like, the main characters of this movie are this Pokemon that you like for me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it an eight. It, do, it just doesn't have that, like, oh, yeah. And then we put a freaking a Weavile in here. There's a main character, like some movies would. Hmm. <laughs> For me, I'm going to go ahead and give this an eight. I think it's a really strong cast, and I really love that they have Deoxys changed to the different forms. I, as I said before, like I didn't expect that, and I'm so happy that it is there because realistically, they could have just not given a shit. <laughs> just be like, this is how he looks. The whole movie. But I think this is a strong cast, and I do ignore the Pokemon in the intro when I think about this segment because, man. They showed such a small amount. I mean, Corsola was on that list. They had, I think, as much screen time as Misty did. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Misty was using the Corsola to move in that uh, scene. They had huh? to show us heroes for some fucking reason. And they didn't show us the kiss. How strange. But yeah, I wish there was something like, I feel like it's so close to a nine for me. I just need something a little bit extra. 
Like, what if there were Amolgas here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for the films to continue. And it's just like, here's the new Pikachu in this movie as well. Chris, what is your Dex check score? I'm also going to give it an eight. Uh, I love how many Dugong are in this movie. I think Dugong <laughs> is a delightful design. They always remind me of in Full Metal Alchemist when Alphonse like turns into the silhouette with the cat face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also really like Metagross and Rayquaza. So yes. yeah, eight. Yeah, there there are some good mons this time. This isn't this is another example of how I feel like all the tertiary characters in these Pokemon movies, like whenever Ash meets like this is a Pokemon trainer, they're not really important to the plot, but they're like a, a character in the movie. It feels like they're they always run teams that like a player would. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I thought you were going to say they're just a literal vehicle to get their Pokemon in the movie. <laughs> like, hey, Ash, here's people. And, and Ash views it the same way we do of just being like, okay, what Pokemon do they have? <laughs> <laughs> Show me your Pokemon. <laughs> wow, Ash is just like me for real. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it. We move on to the gun check. Could this movie have been better solved with a gun? I think, it, yeah, Shibuya starts this time. Shibuya. Shockingly, I don't think a gun could have prevented anything, expedited anything. <laughs> I feel like this is one of the rare instances where I'm going to have to say no on this. I can't think of a single plausible scenario where a gun fixes anything. Bob. Yeah, the, a gun would help defend them from the shadow clones of Dioxys because those things seem to die to one hit of literally anything. So you got an automatic weapon. It's just like, no, nah, we aren't getting caught. I just want to see Yuko with a bat just swinging at one of them. <laughs> yes. uh, but other than that, it really is a hard sell to be like, yeah, a gun could kill Dioxys or Rayquaza. I don't think so. And we can't even kill the dad. Like, that's not going to do anything. Yeah, I'm also going to have to side with no. That's, this is possibly the least solvable with the gun a movie has been yet. I don't even like you said you would shoot like a purple dioxys and it's like yeah but they're like a hundred yeah that's why you need an automatic weapon oh okay <laughs> new category would this movie be better solved by fully automatic <laughs> Jesus Chris yeah no like there's nobody to shoot yeah I mean those are shadow clones so it's not like it's gonna slow him down you try shooting dioxys himself he just goes into defense form it just doesn't work right that dude don't care. You saw how he dealt with Rayquaza. He just sort of barriered up and didn't give a shit. I mean, he's strong enough to keep a barrier around the entire city. Right? Yeah. That's like you're shooting him with a gun, pal. And then when there's two of them, forget it. <laughs> yeah. Aggro? Yeah, since we limit the gun check to small arms, uh, even though I was thinking of Ava the whole time during Act 3 when Rick faces fighting Deoxys. <laughs> and I thought, you know, if they could just get an Ava on a nearby mountain and just Operation Yashima, a positron uh -huh. beam. Yeah. Right the barrier that is barrier. up for most of the third act. <laughs> right I'm, through I'm, that, that barrier. Right? <laughs> like, that thing wouldn't be stopped by a barrier. It's, it's going to be a real shame when he misses and it hits mining. God, no. that reminds me of God. when we were watching it, they started the city evacuation and I legitimately expected them to start doing yeah make all the skyscraper descend into the earth <laughs> into the geofront <laughs> yeah but yeah no but bob bob's observation about the the purple shadow clones is right they all get one shot which 
makes anybody in the shed on day one a total bitch. Um, <laughs> there, there was not a space during which, like, like a, a well-regulated militia couldn't have saved this city. It, this went on for multiple days. They would have run out of ammunition. A gun could not have better solved this problem than our lord and savior, the angriest Skyworm. <laughs> Look at this pissed off green noodle. <laughs> well, that's a resounding no from the full cast. Uh, let's move on, though, to MVP, most valued Pokemon. Who was your MVP in this film? We're starting this segment with Bob. Yes. Sir Scare, obviously. God, no! God damn it. What? Why did I choose this order? <laughs> I should have randomly chosen each round. <laughs> Sir Scare alarm system cannot be beat. <laughs> This is such bullshit. <laughs> oh man, now I gotta choose something other than Surskin and I just did all that work to go get the Surskin sound. I'm so sorry. I feel so wounded. Um, I'm gonna say Deoxys because he's doing he's doing all the forms. He's creating Aurora Borealis. <laughs> Very uh, important. You know, I usually don't give it to the legendaries in these things, but Deoxys is pretty freaking cool. He he brought with him to the planet Earth the John Carpenter soundtrack. <laughs> so he, he's doing a pretty good job in this film. We're now going to loop back to the front of the order, as it was at the very beginning of our segments. And Chris, you get to tell us yours. Uh, Dugong, because they made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. Dr. Agro. When your society is run by disinterested and insane tech pros, what you really need to keep your civilization going is actively interested participants willing to put in the work to do the maintenance of an everyday livable space. And that is Munchlax. He is keeping <laughs> it green. He is putting the trash where it belongs. No, Munchlax, put mine in doubt. <laughs> Shibuya. You know, sometimes a Pokemon can make you feel good and make you happy and also do sick shit. Blaziken was the only motherfucker in this movie who killed any of those Deoxys clones, and he was doing really good until Rafe said, nah, let him have it. Yeah. And then this motherfucker jumps off of the windmill, getting it moving with only his kicking power. He is so cool. It's Blaziken. Yeah, Blaziken's awesome in this film. He is the best champion-level Digimon in this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just a wounded person, but I highly doubt Infernape is going to get this good rep in any movie ever. <laughs> not without not. Thunder Punch, he's not. Do you imagine one of these movies like this is Infernape? Hey, kids, Infernape uses Thunder Punch, and every kid's like, how? He didn't learn it. <laughs> movie's like, should have known about Egg Move, bitches. <laughs> We're moving on now to the is Ash in a coma segment. This is yes or no. You definitively decide whether or not the movie communicated to you through elements, plot or otherwise, that it is the manifestations of a child who's in a coma's brain. I guess I get to start this highly exciting segment. I'm going to say no. I don't think any part of this seems like child brain coping with reality's events or manifestations of weird like he's the hero of the story things. A child would not imagine Atomic Heart. I do not believe. <laughs> I do not believe that would have happened. So I'm going to go with no. Chris, what are you thinking? No, there's nothing in this that indicates Ash is in a coma. He, he probably wishes he was instead of, a, instead of the tech bro hellscape. 
Yeah. Aggro? Ash is 100% under for this entire movie. Exhibit one. <laughs> Team Rocket is barely in this movie. Why are they here? They're just off in the distance the whole time. That's because Ash is going in for his first MRI and they are behind two different levels of plate glass and he just hears them faintly over the microphone. Two, <laughs> Deoxys is the MRI machine. It's new technology. He went into this coma in the 90s, so they had to remove his pacemaker and all the little doodads <laughs> that tracked his, his, his vitals, which is all those little purple Deoxys is just removing the things he's become used to and comfortable with day after day as he's put into the machine. All Deoxys does is look vaguely high-tech and medical and scan shit. It is definitely uh, his nightmare avatar for nuclear medicine. <laughs> My God. Uh, Shibuya, what are you thinking? It's fucking aliens. No. <laughs> it's just aliens. No. Bob? I'm really caught between two worlds here. Uh-huh. Because the horror and alien stuff I could see is like the manifestation of a nightmare. But all of the tech bro future city is just a weird thing to have in with that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't it, it doesn't align. Yeah. So I'm going to have to land on the side. No. Yeah. I feel like all of the menacing elements of the tech bro city are so understated, but deep and true that they must be the machinations of an adult in real life. <laughs> <laughs> no child could ever concoct such a false utopia. It's true. Although that great goose up at the end there, I don't. Hmm. hmm. I, I don't think I don't think most children are deeply familiar with the gray goo problem. I guess not. I think before Ash would conceive of that, a real tech bro would make it reality. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on to RCS Ex Machina. How big are the plot holes? Just so the movie ends on the status quo of the show. This is a one to ten scale. And we're gonna go ahead and start with Chris. I'm going to give this a two. It doesn't feel like it took any massive leaps to get everything back to standard. It was a little weird how uh, Rayquaza was just like, bye. <laughs> I guess these are good aliens. I don't have to do my job. Goodbye. <laughs> right. <laughs> he suddenly approved of gay marriage and laughed. He's like, I'm okay with this. Please stop beating the shit out of me. Bye. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's just maybe he's just slinking off in defeat and we'll come back to fuck them up later. <laughs> Agro, what are you thinking? Like, like I really want my gut check was to give this a higher rating because you know, oh shit, they're aliens. But you know, s some Pokemon are aliens. We've had those before. The Clefairy line are aliens. Yeah. Clearly, they destroyed like an entire city, and maybe that should be more important in Ash's life. But Ash is a complete fucking sociopath, and he just he never looks <laughs> behind him. <laughs> This is the first instance, as Bob pointed out, of gay marriage among Pokemon, and maybe that should have rocked the Professor set of characters, but I just, I really don't think that this whole event, as bombastic as it was, would have had much of an impact going forward. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give this one like a three. Like, maybe somebody should have mentioned it, but... Mm. <laughs> Shibuya, where are you coming in at? I'm also coming in around it, too, because the only real repercussions you could have are like, yeah, Rayquaza came down from like the North Pole and decided to fuck up a city and there were aliens and the city's fucked up. But like, 
then they leave as they always do they leave and the consequences are left to other people to fix because yeah. you know also he, he's 10 what is he gonna fucking do he's gonna fuck it up worse leave the cleanup to the fucking adults and the people who live here and don't ruin it any further because in all your heroics you've already fucked up enough <laughs> There's not really much else here. Rayquaza comes in, is a little hater, and then leaves. That's it. Yeah. And then he's like, fine, I'll sell you a cake. Bye. <laughs> like, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> uh, Bob, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, this is one of the few Pokemon movies I can think of where they, they wreck a town and just leave it that way. Like, there's no thoughts is just showing the cleanup or anything it's just like yeah it's it's messed up man there's a river of these gray goo yeah and they don't have like there's no emotional moment of ah it's fine now yeah no <laughs> they, they just like i guess we should leave <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna give it like a one <laughs> no bob they needed to dedicate all that credits time to them leaving on the same monorail three separate times and then also <laughs> dancing none of the cleanup mattered yeah <laughs> don't think about the city don't think about the lives that are ruined <laughs> man these lyrics are very on the nose i'm gonna have to give this one nothing about this wrapped conveniently other than the legendaries decided to stop fucking with each other which is like a world superpowers thing where they're like well obviously if we keep this up we're just gonna blow each other up and everything so how about we stop being dicks all right okay see you you can go back to space now. Just to be clear, though, I could totally take on two of you at once. <laughs> <laughs> it was, in fact, not owned. <laughs> well, that's going to give this an average Arceus of Ex Machida of 1.8. Not very Arceus of you. <laughs> we now need to move on to the rating system, which, as everyone knows, it follows the completely logical method of using a 1-2 whatever the latest numbered Pokemon is that time. You would think this is a third gen movie, but it is not. It, in fact, had much lacks, which means with my insane system that I've implemented for this series, it is a fourth gen movie. So we have to rate this movie on a scale of one to four hundred and ninety three. That's right. We finally <laughs> hit Arceus. Let's go on the scale. So let's get to it. We're going to go ahead and start this with Dr. Agro. So. I wanted to hate on this movie while I was watching it. I was like, this this film is weird. It's going on for way too long. What the hell is even this thing? But once I got done with it, and I thought about all the other movies, and I, I asked myself, which one of these would I rather rewatch right now? And it was honestly this one. I think it's eminently watchable nonsense. So it, in deference to the kind of insane weirdo libertarians that built LaRousse City, I'm going to give it an even 300. Okay. Now we move on to Shibuya. So I had a few of these that I used to just throw on a lot whenever I just wanted something fun to watch. Movie three has a lot of nostalgia for me. Lord knows I won't shut the fuck up about Entei. And this movie, I watched this movie like religiously as a kid it's one of those dvds that i would just pop on like every day after school for ages and i hadn't rewatched it in like 10 years i didn't know how it would hold up i was nervous that it would be a shit movie and then it wasn't it was enjoyable <laughs> it was you know dare i say pleasant even Ooh, it's wholesome it's got the whimsy it's it's deoxys who's always cool as hell uh, Rayquaza is a little hater but this ain't about him the movie's deoxys fuck you 
And <laughs> it's his destiny, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it is his destiny to be the one on the poster. And yeah, the third act is bloated, but like I I still love this movie. That musical number kicking in, I I just popped off. It's so fun. I'm going to have to give this one a 420. We're going to move next to Bob. Hey Bob. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I actually like this a lot. It has a very weird tone for a Pokemon movie, which is always refreshing. I'm going to give it a 439. There's just it's got a lot of bizarre stuff happening and I like the Jurassic Park era it has sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It really is just a weird disaster kaiju movie with a weird tech utopia. It has so many things you don't expect in Pokemon. Mhm. Mm I feel like the thing to this movie's benefit so far is that not every movie that is a Pokemon movie needs to end on a forced fight against a giant Pokemon because as we learned in Jirachi Wishmaker, sometimes you shouldn't. <laughs> and so they took that lesson and they ran with it fully and I, I think it works. It's getting that buff of it's not Princess Mononoke, but bad again. Uh-huh. <laughs> Low bar, but it clears it. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate how not that movie this is, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm also giving it a 420. That weirdly, just looking at all the scores, I've given all these movies how I feel about this and everything else, you know, adjusting to the new scale. 420 slots in exactly right with my feelings on this. It was a refreshingly different Pokemon movie. It is so different from all of the Mononoke's <laughs> and the last film, which had a, you know, I was pretty down on the last film. This opens up in every moment. You just sort of don't know what the plan is going to be until they tell you right before they do it. You know, they don't outline like, well, Deoxys is going to be here for five days. <laughs> so this movie will take place across five days where some of those days, nothing happens. I... Really like the John Carpenter vibes coming in. I like that the opening is just the movie, The Thing. It was a cool time. I hope as we go forward that, you know, even if the movies aren't really great films, that they're interesting and different sort of palette cleansers for every other film, right? If we can change the genre as we go and do interesting stuff, that'll be good enough for me. I felt pretty positive on this. Hey, Chris, what are you thinking? I'm going to give this a, let me make sure my math is right, a 321, because I did like this movie, but a, a couple parts of it I just stared. Like, I wasn't not having fun, but it was like, I can't muster any emotion. <laughs> if only there were more scenes of him showing the Dukons into the river. <laughs> oh, we needed more Plusle and mining scenes, even more. Even more, more, their tails need to touch. <laughs> I love that they're like, they're reunited and Tori's watching them and they're going to touch their tails, which causes this electric reaction and Tori won't be scared for some reason. He's over it now, even though that's basically a live wire two feet from him. Look, electricity doesn't hurt you if you don't have evil in your heart. Is that why Ash is fine? Mm hmm. Well, huh. in this movie, he was less fine. Well, he doesn't understand the difference between right and wrong, so nothing he does is morally evil. But it's neither morally good. Well, that gives the total amount of points this movie got. 1,900 points. That seems like a lot. I'm not going to do any of the other maths involved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to wrap this up and say thank you for watching Pokemon Go to the Movies, where next time we will each have to pitch the ending catchphrase of Pokemon Go to the Movies. So since we haven't done that yet, I'm going to say I'll see your pocket balls next time.